you've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Fratt, the Conservative Hippie. I remember first reading the story like it was yesterday. November 2017, dozens of Chinese nationals busted in a ring of illegal pot grows. Here, In Washington state, which legalized recreational cannabis in 2012, the story was even more impactful. It wasn't just a house of or a series of houses in one community, but the illegal operation was numerous houses stretching across three counties. Metropolitan suburbs and rural communities were affected by this black market conspiracy. I've heard of pot grow busts all my life in Washington state. This wasn't new. What kept ringing in my head was the term Chinese nationals. What was a Chinese national? We don't call illegal aliens from Central America and Mexico Pan-American nationals. Why, Why this distinction for these criminals? Furthermore, The news article came at a time where the national media was hopped up on Russian conspiracies like junkies at the methadone clinic. What would the headlines be if these were nefarious Russian nationals growing cannabis illegally in Washington state? Perhaps it would read, Russian pot farm linked to Trump campaign finance committee. (laughs) The bottom line was these Chinese citizens were organized and growing cannabis illegally in my state. I was interested. I was intrigued. I had no idea at that moment just how pervasive and puzzling the problem really was. Yet, life happened. The The hyperbole of the Trump presidency happened. COVID happened. Fast forward to November 2022. My interest in this story peaked again. Murder in Oklahoma, an illegal cannabis grow, and that term again, Chinese nationals. After five years, the problem persists. Still, media connections aren't being made, and coordination of law enforcement seems lacking. This is a podcast about the international crime syndicate nobody knows about. Chinese nationals, and cannabis in the United States. All right, let's pick it up in modern times, our timeline right now. This made me pick up this story that had become too complicated for me to execute back in 2017, was the story that happened recently, and that is an Oklahoma pot grow by Chinese nationals was busted. But it wasn't busted Due to the diligence of investigators, they received a hostage call, hostage situation. And when they went to the address, they found three murdered Chinese nationals, one injured, and the perpetrator on the lam. And just so happens, they discovered a Chinese pot grow. Excuse me, Chinese nationals growing cannabis. Dame, why don't you give them the particulars of this story? Oklahoma Grow Murders, November 2020, Hennessy, Oklahoma. Police respond to an apparent hostage situation. Four dead, one injured. Suspect fled. Illegal cannabis grow operation discovered. 
all Chinese nationals involved. Suspect located in Florida, captured. And this recent story is going to give us a precursor to what we'll be talking about today in this podcast. First, a couple little clerical notes. Uh, It's actually four dead, the fifth being injured and the sixth being the um, perpetrator on the lamb. Also, that was November 2022, so very recently. And it's it's a microcosm of what's going on in our society and the fact that this property was a former dairy farm that went to auction um, and then it was turned into a licensed grow operation and then sold. And somehow along the lines, these Chinese nationals came to the property and started growing cannabis illegally. Um, so it's it's this conflation of states that have legalized uh, either medically or recreationally and those laws being taken advantage of. Uh, It's also a precursor in the fact that we're going to be talking about uh, many times these law enforcement agents, when they come across these grow operations, the people that they find at these facilities aren't necessarily the perpetrators. They may actually be the victims of trafficking. And once again, it it throws another layer of complexity onto an already um, dynamic situation. And this story did make national news, but I want to take you back to when I was tracking the story originally. Again, the broader story of these Chinese nationals growing cannabis in the United States. This isn't some anomalous uh, shootout in Oklahoma. This is a part of a bigger story. So let's go back to 2017. Uh, this this one in Oklahoma, you know, you, you read the story, oh, it's terrible, uh, people murdered, but it's only a few people. Let's go back to a story I was tracking that did get picked up by the feds um, in Sacramento, California. Dame, do you want to help me with those particulars? NorCal Invasion, April 2018, Sacramento, California. 100 Northern California homes seized from illegal pot grow operations. Federal prosecutors tie homes to Chinese nationals. 125 wire transfers of 6.3 million from Fujian Province, China. U.S. Department of Justice claimed it executed one of the largest forfeiture operations ever. U.S. Attorney General at the time, Jeff Sessions, said, Transnational criminal organizations are a blight on our communities, bringing dangerous drugs to our streets and trying to impose a false sovereignty over our neighborhoods. So there it is in 2018, one of the largest forfeiture operations in U.S. history by the Department of Justice. Jeff Sessions himself referred to the perpetrators as a transnational criminal organization. And that's where that's where we get into this story a little bit more that this isn't a secret underlying underground network this is a known operation across the united states that the doj um, and our prosecutors our law enforcement are aware of why isn't it getting more traction in local media beyond the sensational murder shootouts in oklahoma 
This is a problem that's going on in every state, um, possibly every state in the country, but certainly every state that has legalized medical and recreational cannabis. And this is where we get into this hot potato of blame and investigation. But first, I want to I want to detail what put me on to this particular story. Was this affected my local area? We had a large bust, um, numerous of them from um, Auburn, Washington, uh, three different counties in Washington state. And what I found was it was overwhelming some of these small counties, their prosecutors prosecutorial abilities, the facilities that they had on hand. That's how large this operation was, that it actually weighed down the district attorney's office and the capabilities of our local government. And it's that's where I'm going with how how bad of a problem this is. Jeff Sessions there mentioned the word blight on our community. You'll see that this term comes up quite a bit as if it's a talking point at the DOJ. Well, isn't that the responsibility of our prosecutors and law enforcement to root out the criminal organizations causing this blight on our community, especially since they are not um, native and local to our country, to our values, to our culture? Washington State Targeted. November 2017, across the Puget Sound area in Washington State, 60 search warrants executed, 50 people arrested, all Chinese nationals, 80 million in estimated value seized. Size and scale of grow operations likely include human trafficking to produce labor force. Chief Criminal Deputy of Grays Harbor County Sheriff's Office stated, they were purchasing homes at such a rate that we actually had to cut off the number of places we were looking into because it was exceeding the capacity of the task force. So this was the case in my local area that got me interested. And as I did research back in 2017, 2018, I found over 10 examples of quote-unquote Chinese nationals being busted growing pot. And clearly with this Oklahoma shootout, that that situation has not gone away. This is going on right now in our communities. And this is different than um, these the, the complaints of old. Um, remember how much it was highlighted on national news, these nefarious, nefarious Mexican cartels coming up and growing cannabis in our forests, in our national forests, clandestine pot grows by these nefarious uh, Mexican cartels. And did they ever, did they ever talk about um, these these men that were growing the cannabis in the forests and camping out as these uh, trafficking victims, right? So now we've got these grow houses done by Chinese, uh, this quote-unquote transnational criminal organization of Chinese. And we hear the stories of, oh, these poor workers, they're, they're trafficking victims. But 
unlike our national forests that made national headlines uh, in the fact that they were uh, desecrating the ecosystems of our national forests, these are houses within our communities. This is affecting not only the safety of our community, this is affecting housing markets, prices, um, taxes, all the things that make a um, society work together and grow within our community, our local community, these home purchases by these by the transnational criminal organizations and turning them into grow houses. Uh, think about what they do with these houses. They go in and gut them. In one example, in 2015 in Nevada, the, the Chinese nationals actually dug down and tapped the power grid like underneath the house. It was this crazy story um, about how they were getting free power by tapping directly into the electrical grid. So they're causing damage uh, not only to the infrastructure, but to our housing markets, to our communities. This is a serious problem. And every time I look into it, I wonder, wow, how is this not making more national news from this nefarious angle? Like I remember all of those Mexican cartels coming up and invading our forests with outdoor grows. You know, how is this? Is it a, is it a factor of our uh, 24-hour news cycle and uh, just one news item turning into the next and nobody ever goes back to check on it? Something we've talked about and complained about on this podcast uh, frequently. But when I looked further into this story, um, I, I almost found this tennis match going on between local law enforcement and district attorneys and U.S. federal uh, law enforcement and district attorneys, almost like this blame game, this, this constant tennis ball being hit by one side back to the other and ping pong, ping pong, back and forth. But when I look at this um, situation from a broader perspective, I do blame one side more than the other. Uh, look at the local example in Grays Harbor County, Washington State, where they were just overwhelmed with the amount of people um, in this operational bust. You know, the, it, the local communities don't necessarily have the resources to deal with this problem. And if you look at it from a broader perspective, this problem is not just in one local community where these busts keep happening. Clearly, there is something coordinated, potentially, um, that requires our federal government to get involved and to get to the bottom of this. Isn't this what our FBI, DEA, um, DOJ, isn't that what these organizations are for, um, that we create with our tax dollars this federal system to protect us when transnational criminal organizations operate within our local communities and across state lines in multiple states? So, let me give you an example of this uh, ping pong, this tennis match of blame that's going on. I spoke with um, Annette Hayes. Uh, she's a former uh, U.S. Uh, district attorney um, in Washington state and a, a very, very nice woman. And I hope to bring her on the Conservative Hippie podcast if we follow up on this particular episode so we can discuss this broader issue. She actually had a, an op-ed um, article in 2018 um, that details what she views some of the problems 
um, are from the situation in terms of the the causes of it. And I disagree. I would love to get her on the podcast. We shall see. I am in contact with her. Um, Dame, do you mind reading uh, the highlights of her op-ed? When Washington voters decided in 2012 to allow the sale of recreational marijuana, they were clear about one of the things they wanted, to take the criminal element out of marijuana. Unfortunately, the state is not doing enough to keep its promise to voters. The net result is urban, suburban, and rural Washington neighborhoods being blighted by houses turned into illegal marijuana grows, often by organized criminal groups. Just a couple weeks ago, federal, state, and local law enforcement officials executed search warrants at 17 locations in the Puget Sound region and seized nearly 4,000 marijuana plants. To fund these grow operations, almost 600,000 in wire transfers were sent from China and laundered through a complex web of bank accounts and lines of credit. Washingtonians also should care because no matter your view of marijuana, allowing illegal grows to flourish and millions of dollars in illegal funds to flood into our communities is a recipe for more crime. Organized criminal groups will do what it takes to protect millions of dollars in ill-gotten gains. This means an increase in corruption, violence, and illegal firearms. In some neighborhoods, Violent attempts to rip off illegal grow houses are a real problem. It was the state's decision to set up a regulated marijuana marketplace, and thus it is the state's responsibility to enforce its laws, including against those who set up illegal and unregulated grows. Okay, that was U.S. Attorney Annette Hayes in Western Washington at the time. Another quote uh, by her during one of these operations busting the 17 Puget Sound area uh, grows was, As prosecutors made clear in court hearings today, hundreds of thousands of dollars have flowed in from China to pay for grow houses and the massive electric bills associated with them. In the meantime, the communities where these grow houses are located are dealing with a host of negative impacts, including distortion of real estate markets with criminals making all cash payments and inflated prices. Another quote uh, by Jeff Sessions made during this time. He was acting U.S. Attorney General at the time. And he said, again, of the transnational criminal organizations, that they are, quote, a blight on our communities, bringing dangerous drugs to our streets and trying to impose a false sovereignty over our neighborhoods. So you can clearly see the crux of the issue. Um, This this legalization within the states has become at odds with federal law, and these feds are placing the blame and pointing the finger at the states. In other words, you legalized it, you regulate it, you need to enforce it. And they aren't, they aren't wrong in this situation. For example, I remember when legalization was occurring in Washington state, and some of the people against it were law enforcement agencies, and it was almost like a jobs, uh, they were, they were going to lose their jobs. And 
I said at the time that clearly they weren't going to lose their jobs, that they would need to create law enforcement agencies to protect the license holders. In other words, they're creating a regulated market. Within a regulated market, it's up to the law enforcement agencies to make sure that they protect the licensees, the license holders, to operate within this regulated market. And Annette Hayes uh, is clearly pointing the finger at Washington State, saying they're not doing a good enough job. Um, For example, she highlights that in Oregon, they passed as part of the legislation to legalize that 15 percent of the tax revenues received would go towards uh, law enforcement. In other words, protecting the licensees. In Washington state, she says they fall very short of that. Now, I, ne- I would need to see the statistics on how much Washington state spends on law enforcement. But what I've seen at the ground level in my state is instead of um, operations and investigations that seek out the criminal element, they, rec- they rely on tips and snitches to tell them where it's at. And um, I see it more as a breakdown and failure of our investigators um, to do their job, relying only on, for example, in Oklahoma, remember, they didn't bust that grow operation. They were responding to a hostage situation that was called in. So much, so much of these busts uh, come from almost happenstance or uh, coincidence or uh, sheer luck in some ways, more so than um, stringent, dogged investigative techniques. And then the other question I have, which now brings us to the dilemma, uh, as the feds point towards the states not doing a good enough job, these Chinese grow operations in Washington state that were busted were shipping the product to warehouses in New Jersey. So not only do we have money coming in through a quote-unquote transnational criminal organization into Washington state where the operation, the manufacturing operation is placed, but then they're shipping across state lines to New Jersey. Well, did they bust and dismantle the sales mechanism in New Jersey? Again, when you cross state lines, when you cross our borders, that is the job of our federal law enforcement agencies to discover that and our federal prosecutors to prosecute it. And at a higher level, that's up to immigration enforcement to prevent this trafficking and our larger bureaucratic, our larger um, prosecutorial entities and diplomatic entities to get to the bottom of whether or not this is something that's sponsored by the CCP. Or is it just a bunch of entrepreneurial criminals in China taking advantage of our lax or lazy prosecution in America? I think that's, that's the question that goes unanswered as the feds point the finger at the states and the states basically raise their hands saying, we don't have enough um, resources to combat this. It needs to be a joint effort. But in my, in my estimation, it squarely falls um, in the hands of our Department of Justice. After all, these are Chinese transnational criminal organizations. How is a sheriff in Grays Harbor County supposed to take on a Chinese transnational criminal organization on his own? 
and the last thing I want to touch on is this uh, is this thought that Jeff Sessions touched on when he talked to a false sovereignty over our neighborhoods. In other words, this invasion that is taking over our neighborhoods and operating without uh, without adherence to our state, county, and federal U.S. laws. Um, Sovereignty is exactly the issue here, and isn't it up to our Department of Justice to protect the sovereignty of our nation? This this transnational criminal organization, as Jeff Sessions put it, is operating within the United States. And clearly, they're bringing in trafficking victims, or uh, some people might call them immigrants, right? Illegal aliens. Forget whatever terminology you want to use, whether these people are victims or not. They're in our country illegally uh, participating in illegal operations. I wanted to do this podcast to highlight the problem because I don't think a lot of Americans know just how pervasive this problem is. And it speaks to the immigration problem that we're having on the southern and northern border of the United States. Shoot, and along our shorelines, uh, remember, they're bringing people in in cargo containers. But not just that. How is that Grays Harbor County Sheriff supposed to combat uh, wire transfers that are coming in from China? Isn't that up to our federal officials to be safeguarding and watchdogging these types of efforts? And why the delineation between um, a Honduran migrant and a Chinese national? All of these cases and all of these people are uh, highlight the problems that we're having with our sovereignty in our country. We have a, a leaking sieve of people coming into our country that aren't adopting to our cultures, our uh, standards and norms, and our laws. And unfortunately, it seems they're being treated separately, whereas it seems to me the um, law enforcement agencies at the very top level of our government, our federal government, need to be doing a better job of seeking out these, quote-unquote, transnational criminal organizations and fighting them and highlighting the ills that they put on our society. Meanwhile, instead of placing the blame at the states for creating a legal regulated structure, um, the, these situations are going on all across the country. This is, this is a problem with um, our borders and our border protection, not just uh, simple cannabis laws within states. It may have taken me four years to get this particular podcast out. I hope it's the first of several where I'm going to follow up on these issues. I am trying to talk to um, people within our federal government, whether they be former or current uh, U.S. attorneys, uh, to just to get to the bottom of how large the effort is to combat these Chinese grow operations and seek out where is the money going? You know, for example, they show that the um, that the cannabis was going from Washington State to warehouses in New Jersey. Well, did they break down the sales function of it? Where was the money eventually going? Was it going back to China? Is this a CCP operation, and this is some sort of Cold War attempts uh, to infiltrate our society and weaken our society and profit from it? 
And where are our politicians on this particular issue? Um, for decades, we have seen uh, Mexican cartels demonized for the operations they perform within the United States and the ills that have uh, uh, befallen Americans. What about these Chinese nationals and this transnational criminal syndicate? When does the rhetoric start to ramp up in terms of what they're doing within our country? I hope to have more interviews, investigations, and solutions for this problem um, exposed on the Conservative Hippie Podcast in the future. Till then. We love you, Jay! The dude is all right. It's all about community. Come join us. You can hit me up on Twitter and Telegram at jfrat. Join the Indecent Disclosure channel on Telegram if you want to join the Hangin' with Hippie sessions. And of course, as always, if you want to support this podcast and support your smoking lifestyle, go to SmokinJays.com and use coupon code HIPPIE, H-I-P-P-I-E, for 15% off at checkout. Get out of